going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode three of the Going the Distance podcast, presented by ImmaculateSports.com. What a great week of sports. Yes, sir. I mean, for me, I was kind of heated. Both my teams lost. Sad day, but, you know, lots of good games this week. Yes, sir. That is true. That is true. going to be a fun one, for sure. Yeah. All right, take it away, Kyle. Alrighty, so as we do every episode, we started off with the opener, our favorite thing that we saw from the past week, and let me just say, my favorite thing that I saw was Russell Wilson going off against that Cowboys defense. You know, he had, he went 27 for 40, uh, with 315 yards and five touchdowns, would have had another TD, but DK uh, stopped paying attention, and uh, I forget who it was on the Cowboys. It was Trayvon Diggs. Knocked the ball out of his hands, went to the back tra- Trayvon Diggs. Yes, sir. In shades of Peanut Tillman. Knocked out of his hands, went through the back of the end zone. It ended up being a touchback, but DK did end up catching the game-winning touchdown late in the fourth. So that was big. You know, who knows if Russell would have had that sixth touchdown based off, based off of the six points yep. that they scored then. Who knows? But Russell Wilson going off is by far the favorite, my favorite thing from the weekend. What about you, Skyler? Best thing I saw from the weekend was the new Mississippi State quarterback, K.J. Costello, breaking the SEC record for passing yards, 623 yards, five touchdowns. Got the win at number six, LSU. It's great to see. Maybe we got another Joe Burrow transfer story here. Only time will tell. Yes, sir. We'll see. Yes, sir. Uh, the best thing I saw over the week was uh, last last night on Monday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes winning the Baltimore Game of the Year torched that defense i'm not a kansas city fan but mahomes is a generational talent and it's hella fun to watch him play not against us obviously but he absolutely destroyed that defense it was five touchdowns on the night pretty incredible stuff from patrick mahomes last night yeah yeah can't deny he's he's something amazing true magician take in every single game that we can and being able to watch him all right, moving on. Uh, we're going into our segment called Where's Your Head At? Where we go over many things over the weekend, whether it be football or baseball, and we have our takes on them. So firstly, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the decision, Matt Nagy's decision, to put in Nick Foles over Mitchell Trubisky in the second half of the game of Chicago versus Atlanta. You know, Foles came in when they were down 26-10, to 10, I believe. They benched Mitch. It wasn't an injury, so there's no no problem there. Went on to throw three TDs on 188 yards. Also threw one pick. He had a great throw late in the game to, who was it, Anthony Miller? Yeah, Anthony Miller. For the last touchdown? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and it was an interesting decision to take out Trubisky because even though they were down in that game, the Bears were 2-0 at the time. They didn't beat the best teams in the Giants and the Lions, but they still got the, those W's. But Foles going in now. Manegi already said that he will be the starter for next week, and it's not a week-to-week basis thing. It is Foles' loses, job Foles jobs until... It's not his job to lose. You know, Trubisky didn't play horrible before didn't. he got taken out. But when you got a guy like Nick Foles who's done this before... You got to take a shot. Um, you obviously had three touchdowns in one quarter. That was sick. Mm-hmm. 
but he he did complete 55% through an ugly pick in the red zone. Obviously, it could have gone either way, but it was an interception. It was a turnover, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm quite sold on him yet. Uh, playing against the number one defense in the league, Indianapolis, next week, that'll be the real tell. But right now, I'm not completely sold yeah. on it. Um, Nick Foles yeah. came in. He lit up. He lit up that porous defense in Atlanta. Um, well. Before like pre pre show, me and Skyler were talking about how uh, how Nick Foles and the Bears are just rolling right now. They're like they're just vibing right now, and they're just enjoying the wave. They're just riding the wave. They're three and zero. Like Kyle said, the opponents they're playing are exactly pretty subpar. Yeah, subpar. But um, that can get a team going. And if Nick Foles comes in and just throws touchdowns week in week out, the Bears can have a pretty successful season on the. <laughs> 2020 campaign yeah definitely a quarterback is something they've been needing for a while now Alrighty, so another thing that was fun to watch over the weekend was the browns rushing attack in week two they gashed uh cincinnati i think they had over like 230 rushing yards in that game and they they did good again against the washington football team over the weekend chubb and hunt have already almost combined for 500 yards Chubb has four touchdowns the last two games. Both of them are on pace for a thousand yard seasons in Chubb and Hunt. Are you guys think this rushing attack is legit? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna break down Nick Chubb for you here real quick. Two ninety two yards, four touchdowns, and fifty one carries. That's five point seven yards a carry. That's among the elite off. running backs in the league. So I think um, he'll be just fine there. You know, he doesn't have to make Baker take shots. We saw, I mean, we've been seeing for the past couple years, Baker's not a finished product, so this is good. I also like uh, they've been using Cream Hunt mm-hmm. as a receiver out of the backfield. There you yeah. go. Yeah, he's been valuable on that. Yeah, that he really is. Well. Um, Baker Mayfield only threw the ball 23 times. I really think the Browns... They're not making Baker do too much. And when you have Chubb and Hunt, who are pro bowlers, um, that, that gets the job done. And in the run, pretty run-heavy division, in my opinion, besides the Bengals. Um, Beckham and Landry don't. They're not, they only caught yeah. eight passes. They're just feeding off the run. Uh, the, the Washington football team's defense, run defense, is okay, to say the least, but... They're just pounding the rock, and it's working out. That's how they won the last two games, Chubb and Hunt. Yep. I do also think that that Browns team still has a lot to prove, though. Uh, They have a good test in week four. They go into Dallas and play the Cowboys. I think that should be a fun matchup. Just as a football fan, too, to see two good offenses go at it against each other. Yeah. See if uh, Baker can keep up with Dak. Yes, you want pretty true test shootout maybe possibly yeah for sure probably uh so we touched on a little bit of the nfc east team at the end there with dak and the cowboys uh the nfc east has not been good to start the year and <laughs> leading the way or should i say the exact opposite of leading the way is carson wentz doug peterson and the philadelphia eagles so they tied against cincinnati this weekend and Honestly, watching that game was pretty ugly. It wasn't fun to watch. It's just like, like, come on, like this. This is a drag. But Doug Peterson, his he's on the hot seat right now. They play the Niners on Sunday Night Football this weekend, and I think if 
they take another ugly loss, it's it's gonna be enough time, or it's gonna be time for uh, Doug Pearson to get out of there. Yeah, Wentz has not looked good. He's twentieth in passing yards this year. Three touchdowns, six interceptions, tied for the most. And of course, they tied Cincy. But you know, I don't think Doug Peterson will get fired. Uh, I just think the defense is doing just enough to keep him in games. Yeah. You know, they hit Burrow like twelve times, sacked him for eight. That's that's they not did, bad. They did get to Burrow a lot, but that Cincinnati O line is. There's nothing special in the first place. That's true. And makes you wonder if they get uh, Jalen Hurts in there. Yeah. Maybe with less turnovers. Maybe Doug Peterson keeps his job after another 8-8 eight year, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah. you never really know. Um, Carson Wentz, he, I, don't think, I don't think their time is done there. They do have a brutal schedule coming up. They play the Niners coming up. And I'm pretty sure they play Baltimore in there, too. And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh comes out Sunday night. I think Pittsburgh, yeah. After Sunday night. But they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Dallas Goddard caught one pass for seven yards, and then he gets hurt. He's out. He fractured his ankle. Report came out today from Ian Rappaport. Yeah. Uh, yep, pretty much. IR. Austin Jeffrey's not back yet. Deshaun Jackson hasn't done anything spectacular this season. They did get Miles Sanders back, but I'm looking at the receiving receiving stats Greg Ward Zach Ertz and then after that you get Burnett and Hightower and Richard Rogers like that's uh, yeah and Greg exactly. Ward was a quarterback you know it's crazy he that's went his number eight one for 72 option. and a ton yeah receiving uh, Wentz ran the ball nine times for 65 yards um, I, I don't think it's over this is how a really tough schedule last year they pulled it out they pulled it out they won the division, but I don't know about this year. Dallas looks like they could take it. And Doug Peterson, I think he stays because they're they have history there. He won a Super Bowl with that team. And I give him a couple more years to figure it out. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing that I was thinking about was uh, the pick of Jalen Hurts in the draft this year. And we've seen uh, Carson, or not Carson Wentz, uh, Doug Pearson not be super confident in Carson Wentz. He didn't really have an explanation to his struggles early on in the season. And it makes me really think, was that Doug Peterson's pick? Like, did he want Hurts in, instead of having him be a backup to eventually be their starter there in Philadelphia? I'm sure. I yeah. think Carson Wentz was more of a Joe Douglas guy. Of course, Jets have Joe Douglas now. Uh, yeah. So, could be some fire in the front yeah, we'll office. Yeah, we'll see that. Uh, alrighty, so we're going to talk about a team in the AFC now that is 3-0. and uh, Team in the AFC North, the Steelers. Uh, they, they're in a tough division with the Browns and obviously the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they have a... They beat a good, solid Texans team, even though the Texans were 0-2. I think that was a uh, an interesting one because the Texans you we really don't know about who they are yet because they've played three really tough teams honestly, but they have a good test this week if they get the game in uh, with Steelers at the Titans. I think that should be a fun one, and their defense you know they have great pieces on their defense with T.J. Watt and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick just to name a few. Is this Steelers team legit and do they have enough to challenge the Ravens perhaps for a spot in the AFC? Man. North? 
if Lamar plays like he did last night, they certainly do, bro. Um, yeah. yeah. Roethlisberger this year, seven touchdowns, only one pick coming off the Tommy John surgery. It's looking pretty good. Obviously, the defense is legit. We've known that. Um, mm-hmm. And it just goes back to Lamar. If they have a chance yeah. in this decision, you know, he's hard to tackle. That's obvious. But he missed Marquise Brown in the end zone wide open. He had Mark Andrews drop, I think, four targets last night. Um, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, watching yeah. the Ravens last night, they were getting... Bagnolo called a beautiful game last night. Um, Pittsburgh is... They're, they're really good defensively. And they're just pound, pound, run the ball. And Big Ben's making the throws he has to make. And they're winning ball games. The highest reception receiver was Ebron. He had 52 yards, but... James Conner had 18 rushes for 109 and a tug. Like if you if you have if you establish a run game with James Conner and throw the ball to good receivers like Smith Schuster and Ebron, they're gonna be just fine. And Big Ben, who's been there, has proven that he's won two Super Bowls. They could compete with Baltimore, but I do see Baltimore winning that division. There's, I think it was just one game last night. Baltimore's a really good team. Yeah, yeah, but that's right. Also, Don't forget yeah, about Conner and Snell. Those guys are ground yeah. pounders. It's a good, good rushing attack. Also, I think the win of last night yeah, speaks a little bit more to Kansas house. City, how good they are. Yeah. You could be they right. They are the best team in football, in my opinion, I think most people's opinion, too. So going back over to the NFC and the NFC West down in Arizona, we saw Kyler and the Arizona Cardinals actually end up losing to uh, the Detroit Lions. And there's a big problem with Kyler. He has five picks in three games. You know, he's very, very dangerous when that team keeps the ball in his hands, and they need to keep the ball in his hands if they want to make a playoff run. But one thing that's going really good for them is the Kyler and D-Hop combo. I think they're already over 30 receptions and 350 yards. D-Hop had, I think, 10 receptions, 150 or something like that. 137. 137 around there, yeah. So that combo is absolutely dangerous. One of the more fun matchups to watch in the league. Do you think uh, Kyler's going to sustain this, or will he bounce back from it? You know, we might have been a little ahead of ourselves last week talking about uh, Kyler and D-Hop going on a Super Bowl run. Um, Got to remember, he's still a young quarterback. He's going to make his mistakes. He's throwing on the run almost every single time. And, I mean, him and Isabella could be a good connection as well. But, you know, when your your tight end's Dan Arnold... Sometimes you just got to throw the ball away or, mm. you know, that's that's all I got for you. You know what? Niners, too. The Niners have a lot of injuries, but, I mean, they still have Kyle Shanahan. Can't forget about them. Um, I think Kyler will bounce genius. back. I think he will. But I think we were a little ahead of ourselves on the playoff run. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watching Kyler's picks. I actually watched the Arizona-Detroit game. Um the first pick of the game, Kyler threw it to Dan Arnold, just mentioned. It was a little bit over his head. He tipped off his fingers and then caught by uh, Detroit in the back. Mm-hmm. And then the next play, the next pick was a really bad pass to Larry Fitzgerald. He tried to fit into a window that was not there. And then the rookie, Okuda, we had a beautiful play, picking off Kyler. Yeah. Um, third and 12 in the third quarter. He made a great play. Uh, the Kyler Kyler's interception problem is a pretty big issue because if you want to compete with Seattle and Jared Goff, 
you're going to have to beat him, and you're going to have to take care of the ball. But he played pretty good against the Niners, but if he could keep the ball in possession with D-Hop, they're a pretty good team to watch, and they're definitely a team that can make the playoffs. But his, his interceptions issue is a big yeah. problem. Yeah, definitely needs to fix that. You know, you see these great teams, and they're not turning the ball over as much as they are. Uh, another great team in the NFC West is the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson. Can he actually win the MVP this year? He has never received an MVP vote in his career. But so far this year, he has 14 touchdowns and only one pick. That pick was pretty BS on his part, too. It got tipped up and got ran back by one of the McCourty twins on Sunday Night Football two weeks ago. Uh, right now, he has my MVP vote above Josh Allen. I think those two guys are the top two candidates right now only three weeks into the season. But I think uh, Russ is doing a lot more for his team than what Josh Allen is, not to speak down on him, but what Russ Wilson is doing right now for the Seattle Seahawks team is amazing. Yeah, if you don't vote Russell Wilson as MVP, at least at this point of the season, that's criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this man I deserves agree. it. Like you said, in his first couple years, yeah, he had a great defense, but now it's it's all up to him, especially Carson's going to be out a couple weeks with an injury. I mean, DK Metcalf was an amazing pick, but man, he's throwing the ball to Greg Olson. Come on. Yeah. I mean, Lockett did have three touchdowns the last yeah. game. He's a big piece yeah. for them. Uh, yeah, it really Speed does. Kills. I really think that Russell Wilson, well, Skyler says, right, if you're not voting for Russell Wilson, he's on pace to set the record, right? I'm pretty sure to these. Four different touchdowns. Dude, he's got 14 to three games, man. Bro, he's on pace for like yeah. 74 right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> it's sustainable there. streak last season, too. Something to watch season, for. Him. Or was it towards the end? Because I know he was battling with Mahomes for MVP. Or Lamar for MVP. It was towards the end, I think right? it was in the beginning part, part I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. But Russell Wilson, he's never got an MVP vote. I think this is the year he should finally get one. And he's going to carry that Seattle team to a... Yeah. Should get more than one. He's gonna, he's gonna carry that Seattle team as far as they can go, behind him. And he's when you say most valuable, Russell Wilson's most valuable. Like he, who will carry that Seattle team to the playoffs and maybe to a Super Bowl. We don't know yet, but he should win MVP as of right now. Yeah, I mean, he outdueled uh, Mister comeback, comeback God himself, God Dak Prescott. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Russ and the Seattle Seahawks in a wide-open NFC right now, in my opinion. I think that'll be a fun fun team to watch down the stretch and for the rest of the season. So going back to the NFC East, a team that ended up losing to Russell Wilson's Seahawks is Dak and his Cowboys. And there's been talk about, is Dak an elite quarterback? And I think I think he is now. I think he's in the top 10, maybe, maybe top 7. I'd say A-Rod, Russ, Mahomes, Lamar, and Watson are in the tiers above Dak. But when it comes to Allen, Cam, Dak, uh, Tannehill, Ryan, I think I think those guys are in the tier right below those elite, super, super elite quarterbacks. You know, guys, there's it. always been some uncertainty with uh, what makes an elite quarterback really elite. Um you know, watching the end of this game, I didn't believe Dak would come back and beat them. On that last drive of the game, they're on the 20, but I still didn't believe it. Uh, I do think he's going to get a max contract, but mm. an elite quarterback, I'm not quite sure yet. 
Yeah, he did make some throws that were like, wow. Like, this guy's actually pretty legit, though. Yeah. A lot of mistakes, lot of mistakes too, mistakes. though. Yeah. Uh, I think you see that in, like, guys like yeah. Watson, though, still. Like, there's A-Rod and Russ and Mahomes that are like, like, yeah, these guys just, like, rarely ever make mistakes. But, I mean, Lamar makes mistakes, and he's still one of the top guys. <laughs> And Watson's also a top guy, but he's he's yeah. definitely made some mistakes oh. as well. Uh, what do you say, Kyle? Those five quarterbacks above Dak, they're in the tier by themselves. And there's definitely quarterbacks better than him. I would take... Yeah. Uh, there's Tom Brady. There's Drew Brees. I would take over him. I would take Josh Allen over Ooh. him right now. Yeah. Really? Josh Allen is Josh Allen over Dak Prescott. I think I'd right take Dak... I would take I mean, their car over him. All right, let's see how he does without John Brown. Then we'll come back. Yes. Their car over Dak? It's close, though. I just Why? I just think Carr gets Why would you take the job done. Over Dak? And it's... I mean, looking at the Raiders, I mean, Carr consistently just doesn't throw to open guys downfield. And Dak, even if they aren't open, he'll still throw it downfield. And I don't know. I'd rather have guys that take shots and say, screw it, I don't care if this is a pick. I need to go win this game. And I'm going to win this game if I would also take that bigger point there. I would also take Matt Ryan over him. I would take... I would take Kyler or Goff over him. I would take Kyler maybe over Dak. Dak's up there, though. Don't get me wrong. I I, I would rather take Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott, too. Jeez. I just don't. Come on. Dak Prescott's really good. You don't think he's up there, then, do you? I mean, that... Based off the quarterbacks you're saying right now, he's he's like Dak sixteen or seventeen for you. In that offense, they have Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, Zeke, Carr. And if if, if Dak if Dak really was there and Carson <laughs> Wentz, he would have won the division last year. But he did not. I mean, it's not on him that they haven't won these games. I mean, he put up what was it, forty points, and uh, against. Falcons and they only won by one point, and then they put up like 31 or whatever this past weekend. Dak threw for almost 500 yards, and they still don't even get the Do win. You, would you guys rather have defense. Roethlisberger for Dak as right now? I take Dak. Or move. Okay, I take Dak. Hmm. I mean, obviously, it depends on uh, who my running back is, but I'd probably take Roethlisberger and less turnovers. Okay, I'm gonna take back my Josh Allen take and my yeah. Kyle Murray. But anyways, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think those guys are better than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We changed an opinions out, out here on the yeah. Go on the Distance podcast. Seems like a good time to take a break. Let's take this one to halftime. Yes, sir. Now, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat through it when you rhyme. It's halftime. So Tennessee beat the Vikings 31-30 to on the road, mainly because of Steven Gotzkowski's six field goals. Are you guys concerned back. about Tennessee's offense? I mean, I don't know if I'd be concerned. They still, they still were getting on the other side of the field. They got in range for Gostkowski six times. I think they're, they'll be just fine there. Yeah, I believe also. The Tennessee Titans are a pretty good team. <laughs> I believe, we believe. He believes! Goskowski, six field goals, 25 fantasy points, huh? That's pretty crazy. He did. 
Played better than RB1 out there. Combined, scored Fortunately. And he had, like, what, like, negative three points or something like that week one? With his yeah. uh, four missed yeah. kicks. <laughs> they won the game. <laughs> he would hit a game-winning field goal with, I think, mean, 40 seconds left. そうそう、あった。サンソンあった。あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
But I think any team that plays the Jets right now is going to leave them in the dust. We saw the, I mean, the Niners practically practice squad go out there in week two and just make Sam Darnold's a ghost. You know what, Cole? The Colts are not a top five team, in my opinion. Again, no offense to Skyler here, who they beat up on last week. <laughs> sure. I would take the Bills over them. I would take the Chiefs. Oh, my God. Josh Let's take a quick break. <laughs> Josh Naylor just hit a moonshot <laughs> off of Gary Cole. It's 5-2, to two, but that ball was oh destroyed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, good. Yeah, 5-2 to two right now. Cleveland's down against New York in the fourth. Shane Bieber giving up five runs. Yeah, Somebody we'll, we'll get back to that in a couple minutes. Don't worry, guys. Uh, but right now, we got one more tweet. Um, it's Colin Cowherd. Oh. The Ravens are going 16-0 and this year. You know, I think... Obviously, that's... Sorry, go ahead. You go, you go, you go. All you. All right. Obviously, that's not going to happen anymore. They just lost. But are you still confident in Lamar? Uh, Looking at it, I've looked at the Eagles schedule. Or not the Eagles schedule, the Ravens schedule. And they really do not have that hard of games. They play in New England, which is definitely a tough game. Every time you go into New England, it's always going to be tough. But besides playing Pittsburgh twice and that Kansas City game, their schedule is worry-free, honestly. With this team, I think they'll be just fine. You know, we've seen teams uh, that were really good in the play in uh, the year before and then lose early in the playoffs have, like, more of a relaxed regular season the next year and just try to, like, like savor the energy for the postseason. I think that's what this... Uh, this Baltimore team will do. I think they'll win their division, even if like they go eleven and five or ten and six. So I think yeah, they'll be just I'm fine. I agree with you. Baltimore is that that game on Monday night was potentially could be an AFC Championship matchup. We wished for that last year. Uh, I yeah. Think, yeah. I think I the think Chiefs are a lot for that. Best teams in the AFC. It was just one game. Lamar can easily win. Mm-hmm. Lamar can go out and win every other game. Like Hal said, their schedule is not that good, and it's easy for the it's easy for the Ravens to easily just win out. Maybe they can win out, like Colin said. But but good. big trust, man. That's the MVP right there. Big trust. Gotta <laughs> have a lot of trust in him when he didn't break triple digits in a, a game on national television. Never ideal. And that was halftime, a quick little break from the top headlines around the league. Yeah. Break down what we're really thinking inside. Mm-hmm. So a little different than uh, our previous episodes, but this time in the second half, we're going to break down the wild card series in the MLB. We got some games going on today. We're already seeing three finals with Blue Jays and Rays, A's and Chicago. Uh, Twins and Houston and then the Yankees and Indians game is going on right now as we speak but we're going to dive in on all all eight of these series have our takes, our predictions and uh, yeah so first is Dodgers versus Brewers for me, I have, I have the Dodgers in two, Yelich hasn't been the same for this Brewers offense this year, He's, I think he hit 205 you know, not a good season for him they lost a lot of pieces uh, Moustakis left, Grandal left, 
So some tough losses for them. But I do think if the Brewers take the lead into the seventh of a game, the game is over. Devin Williams Hater. and Josh Hader are as good as it comes late in the bullpen. Hader finished with a 3.79 ERA, which isn't isn't standard for him, but he's still very, very tough to hit. And Devin Williams, perhaps, becoming one of the best relievers in baseball, his changeup is insanely good. He finished with a .33 ERA. Something for the Brewers to look forward to, not just in this postseason, but for years going on in the future. Yeah, I think if the Dodgers don't sweep the Brewers here, something has gone seriously wrong. The Dodgers are without their best pitcher, um, you know, other than that back end of the bullpen, which they might not even see. They have a lot of weaknesses. Um, Mookie Betts is going to go crazy this postseason. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Dodgers in two. Dodgers, if they don't make the World Series, period, too. It's bust. It's bust. They're easily the, yep, they're easily the favorites to win the World Series this year. With that lineup, Betts, Bellinger, Seager, Turner, the pitching, Bueller. If they don't if they don't win this series or win the World Series, then I don't know what to say about the Dodgers. They're cursed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been eight straight years that they've won the NL West. So moving on to one of my favorite series is in the postseason and that will be is the Atlanta Braves versus the Cincinnati Reds. I have Cincy in three. I think the Bauer, Louise, and Sonny are the best one, two, three punch in the rotation in the bigs. But the Braves lineup is very, very scary with MB Freeman. I think he's in with the MVP over there in the National League. They have a whole bunch of other bats in that lineup with Acuna, Albies, Ozuna, Duvall, Swanson, Diarno. Very good years for most of those guys on that team. So I think I think since he does end up taking it in three, but since he's since his lineup has gone cold in time this year, but if they find a way to get hot, I think this Cincinnati team can be a real threat in the NL. Yeah, Cincinnati's got a pretty streaky lineup. Um, their leader in batting average right now is Joey Votto at 226. <laughs> but there's a lot of firepower. Eugenio Suarez, of course, could heat up at any moment. Um, but on the other side, you got a rotation that's just as good. Ah. you got... Possible MVP, Freddie Freeman. You know, they're not big names, but I think they're going to go toe-for-toe with Cincinnati, and that's why I got Atlanta in three games. It's a good take, Skyler. It's fair. But pitching does win championships. And behind Max Reed, they lost Mike Soroka, one of their go-to guys in the one-two punch. And looking looking at this rotation, that's true. they don't have the guys that can go out and win you a ball game. Go six, go six, give up two runs. I don't see it. I think Cincinnati wins the series. It's gonna go to game three. Cincinnati's gonna win it. That's my prediction. But their starting rotation be that good, like how mentioned earlier, Sonny Gray, Castillo, and Bauer. We'll see. Yeah. Sure. Bauer the Cy Young. Uh, so the six versus three seed matchup is. In the NL is uh, the Chicago Cubs versus the Miami Marlins. First time the Marlins have made the postseason since 03, I believe. And oh, hot take here. I got Miami in two. That starting pitching duo is legit with Alcantara and Sixto. If, they're, if they go up 1-0 and they have Sixto Sanchez on the hill, 
I'm taking him. Even against you, Darvish, 6-0 has been amazing for this Marlins team down the stretch. I think they need to win every single time he goes out there. The young lineup is led by uh, Starling Marte, who they got at the the trade deadline. Miggy Rojas, who's a uh, he's always been a sleeper guy in that lineup, but he's really getting more national Did he, attention. He started off the first month like hitting 700. <laughs> Not 700, but in the first couple games, yeah, he was in 700 yeah. before they had the the COVID hiatus. But uh, they also have some a, a big piece in Brian Anderson. Plays really well on both sides of the ball. I think he should be fun to watch. Face of the franchise. <laughs> and uh, the back of the bullpen is very good, too. You know, they got Yimmy Garcia, James Hoyt, Brandon Kinsler, Richard Blier. Not guys, not big-name guys in, in the bullpen, but they have been very successful for, for this Miami team. And I think Miami does pull off the upset in two games against the Chicago Cubs. You know, I agree that game two, 6-0 versus Hugh Darvish, will be a great game. But the problem with that is that the Marlins aren't going to do anything against Kyle Hendricks tomorrow. Really? You know, um, I think he could even throw a complete game shutout. You know, I don't know if they'll use him over 100 pitches, but that's very possible. We've seen it happen, what, yeah. three times this year? I don't know. I'm not sure, honestly. And right now I'm going to take the Cubs with a sweep. I, I love six, though, but if they don't... If they're not riding on a, on a game one victory, I just I'm don't see it happening. I'm going to agree with Skyler over here. I think the Cubs yeah. sweep them. Uh, I just think that you Darvish is having one of his best seasons. And Hendricks, the guy who's been there, won a World Series with the Cubs. They have postseason experience. This young Marlins team, they're going to hit the bright lights for once. And I'm gonna see. we're going to have to find out how they fare in postseason. I just think Chicago has the dudes to do it. Even though Bias having a tough year, so is Chris Bryant. These guys have won a World Series together, and I think they're not going to win a World Series this year, but they will definitely beat the Marlins into Hendricks and Darvish shut the door. It's fair. It's fair. So you guys don't like my take? <laughs> Moving on to the 4-5 matchup in the NL, which is the St. Louis Cardinals going into San Diego to take on the Padres. Uh, there's no Clevenger in this series, most likely for the Padres, perhaps in the whole postseason. It's a young, talented team versus an experienced Cardinals squad. We saw this Cardinals team go deep in the postseason last year uh, and eventually lose to the Nationals. I think the Pods take this in three. Uh, they haven't, Padres haven't announced their starters yet for two and three, but if they're able to have Lamette and Davies go, uh, I think they win both of those games. I think they could possibly lose if Paddock on the mound because he hasn't been the greatest for them this year, but I think those two will definitely win their games. Uh, we talked about this in the first episode, or I talked about it, that the Pod- Padres have ability cr- to create energy like no other, and that's something massive this year. With no fans, you can't have the fans rally around you and dig you back, in, dig you back up from a hole. And I think the Padres have a have a way that no other team has had to create energy, and that's something that is great for baseball to see. But also, I think St. Louis has a good capability of that as well, because we did see Game 5 last year in the NLDS. They matched up against uh, Atlanta in Atlanta, and ended up scoring 10 runs in the first inning. And from there, that game was over. Mike fulton was out, and now he's out of Atlanta as well. But this St. Louis team is something you have to take seriously if you're the 
San Diego Padres. I think the Padres win it in three. Yeah, you know, the Padres have been so electric this year, but you got to remember St. Louis is a, has a veteran lineup, veteran rotation. They're going to get Kim game one, probably Flattery. It's and, Wayne Wright game um, two. It's, uh, it's Wayne Wayne game and, two and, and Wayno. Jay Sorry, Flair. sorry. Wayno and then Flaherty. And, you know, Wayno's been here before. Yes. Um, also, another thing to note, you know, in September, the Padres didn't have that crazy – you know, slam Diego thing going. They took a bit of a hit. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's kind of a fluke. You know, they, they clinched their playoff spot. Maybe some of the energy was lost because of that. Um, but I'm going to go with the Padres in three just because you can trust Paddock, Lament, and, I mean, man, game three, Davies as your third option? That's, that's crazy. What, he had a 2-5 two, two ERA this year? Yeah. Well, they haven't announced it yet. I don't think Davies, have they? Wainwright. Yeah, uh, they have not. I just, I have a feeling they're going to go with Lament. Yeah, I'm going to say San Diego in three. I think St. Louis claws and takes the W out of one of those games. But San Diego, Scott, you said San Diego cooled off a little bit. They did finish 14 games over, though, which is second best in the NL. And I think. They're just a high-powered offense that will get the job done in this series. Kim may have a really good game tomorrow, the 32-year-old. But I think San Diego takes it three. You yeah. just got to flip a coin with this one, honestly. Also, also though, I think the Padres, even though they have a young team, they have a lot of veteran bat or uh, yeah, hitters in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You look at Hosmer, he's won a World Series before. You look at Tommy Pham, he's been in big situations before. Look at Machado. I mean, the Orioles were never super, super good with him. They weren't really World Series contenders, in my opinion. But he's been there. They have guys in the bullpen like Trevor Rosenthal that's been there. Their lineup is obviously deadly. I think they're going to be a fun team. And they could challenge the the Dodgers for yeah, a I also National agree League title. That for Tatis or right for spotlight postseason yeah MLB's new face perhaps should be exciting yeah moving on to the AL we saw an exciting game one in Tampa Bay as the Braves took on the young team the Toronto Blue Jays I do think Tampa ends up sweeping the series in two games and nothing against Nothing against Toronto. I think they're a fun young team to watch with some some fun pieces, obviously, in Bichette, uh, Vladdy, Biggio, all those guys, Teoscar Hernandez. But I think Tampa takes it in two just because they're better. They do a lot of things better than most teams in the MLB. And, you know, I think Tampa has a very good shot at taking the AL pennant this year. And, uh... Yeah, I, I do think uh, Toronto's only a year or two away from competing in the AL East despite the powerhouse Yankees and the really good Tampa Bay Blue Jays, or not Tampa Bay Blue Jays, uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, like you said, Toronto's a really fun team to watch, but mm-hmm. it's just, they're just not ready for this. They're not ready for the big stage. You know, the big three young guys, they had a combined one for ten today. And Glass now pitching tomorrow. Man, I that expect 10 strikeouts from Glasnow. Um, I want to say the series goes to three. I think they win tomorrow. I think Ryu has a really good game tomorrow. It's going to be pitcher duels tomorrow. 
looking at the third game, Tyron Tyron Walker's had a pretty good season. But I do think I do think Tampa Bay closes wins it. They just been in the postseason. They have experience here. Tampa Bay's young. I think they have lowest lowest age of hitters at twenty five as their average age. Which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I think it goes three. I think Tampa takes it on three. Yeah. Also, I think uh, it's going to be really tough. Even though they've seen him a couple times, facing Tyler Glass now is not going to be fun for this Toronto Blue Jays nope. lineup. He's a guy that can hit 100, and then his curveball is on another level. So moving on to the West Coast, we have the A's and the Chicago White Sox. This was a tough one today as an A's fan watching Lucas Giolito carve up the A's. They did have some hard hard contact, but it didn't really amount to anything. Their only run was on a Ramon Laureano fielder's choice in the eighth inning. Uh, A's postseason baseball the last 14 years has been a joke. Uh, have, we haven't won a, won a series since 2006 in uh, Minnesota. We'll talk about Minnesota and their postseason endeavors after this. But I do think this game, or the series, does go to Game 3. Chris Bassett has been amazing as of late. In September, he was the pitcher of the month, only giving up one run in 26, and I believe two-thirds innings. Uh, But Game 3 is definitely going to be something to watch in this if it does get there. I think they do need to start fires, or maybe even short rest Montas if they want to win the series. White Sox are super scary versus left-handed hitters, or left-handed pitchers. And I think... uh, Big thing is for the A's, even though they do make big comebacks, we saw it more early, more early on in the season than later on. But they cannot fall behind against this White Sox lineup. They're super scary, and once you fall behind, they can take uh, momentum super easily. And we've seen in postseason games, it's been really hard for those A's to get that momentum back once they fall behind. Yeah, this was a really painful game to watch for me. Um... I didn't expect much coming into the series mm-hmm. against Giolito especially, but it's all about the timely hitting for the A's. They're a great comeback team. Like you said, I think mm-hmm. tomorrow Bassett's going to outdo Keuchel. They'll be fine. But I'm going to pick Chicago in three games because I just don't think they'll have the timely hitting they need in game three. Um, yeah, yeah. Today was a pretty brutal day. Giolito shut us down. It was, it was tough to watch. I think Bassett being really hot right now carries on to tomorrow. He has a really good start. We win the game tomorrow. We get out those Keiko. In game three, I think it's a coin toss. We got to start a right-handed pitcher because if we start Manaya, he might get rocked. It could get ugly. And my gut says White Sox in three, but I'm going to pick the A's to move on because it's somewhat biased. I hope, man. I hope, too. I hope. For my mental health, I need it. Yep. Alrighty, we saw a comeback in uh, Minnesota earlier today as the Astros went on to win game one of that series. Uh, Minnesota versus Houston. I think Houston does end up winning the series in two games. I think Minnesota extends their postseason losing streak to a whopping 18 games. I think... Even though Astros cheated in 2017, I think their experience in the postseason pays dividends. Cheating or not, you still got to play in the World Series. You still got to win a World Series, and you still got to be a very competitive team in this AL for, like, five to six years. 
but also for the Astros to make uh, a run deep in the postseason, their bullpen is big. They have a whole bunch of young players on their team besides uh, Ryan Presley. Those guys are good, but, I mean, they didn't use one of their normal relievers in game one at all. We saw Granke go four innings, and then we saw Framber Valdez, one of their better starters, come out of the pen and pitch the rest of the game. I think it was five innings in total. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's been he's been a really big spot for them this year without Verlander and obviously the loss of Cole now since he's in New York. But they definitely need these starters or young pitchers to step up if they want to take it on to the next level. Yeah, we saw um, Valdez come out of the pen, throw five shutout innings. Um, and, you know, that's why I'm not going to take – Houston in two. I thought Valdez was going to start game two against Barrios. I don't think they have some uncertainty there. Equity? Uh, yeah. No, not officially. But I'm still going to take Houston in three. Like you said, it doesn't matter that they cheated. Um, they have more experience than anyone. I'm going to take yeah. Houston in three also. I think the upside of Barrios, I think he has a good game tomorrow. They claw out a win tomorrow. But the postseason experience, even though Altuve is not having the best season, I just think that the Astros have been there, and they're just gonna they're gonna take this one and three, and move on to the next round to the ALDS. Yeah. Alrighty. Go on to our last postseason matchup: Cleveland versus the Yankees. You know, I did have Cleveland in three at the beginning of this. But it is currently seven to two. They just took Bieber out of the game, and uh, you know the Yankees are are bombing right now. They are, they just honestly manslaughtered uh, Shane Bieber, which I did not expect to see. I said whoever wins Game One wins this series. Cole versus Bieber was expected to be matchup of the year, but obviously seven runs through, not even five innings is not going to get us that. But I do think the Indians are hot. J-Ram has had a crazy second half. If he didn't have a, a bad first half, he could have been an MVP, possible MVP candidate in the AL. But I do think the key for the Yankees is their starting pitching. They've had a struggle to find that two-starter this year. It's Paxton being hurt. Uh, but he's he's came back. And uh, Tanaka hasn't been the greatest. Jordan Montgomery hasn't been the greatest. They need someone to step up for this Yankees team if they want to take a deep uh, run into this postseason. Yeah, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. Bieber got rocked today. Carrasco's getting rocked tomorrow. I'm going to keep this one short, too. too. Let's bring out the brooms tomorrow. New York's moving on. Jeez. All righty, going on to the layups. We've done this uh, all three of our episodes so far, where we have our safest bet from the previous week. We'll look at that, and then we'll have our safest bet for the week uh, upcoming. So my safest bet was minus seven Niners versus the Giants. This Niners team is really, really good, in my opinion, because of Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a great coach, and no matter who they throw out there, they're going to do great. Obviously, helping guy, or having guys like Bosa and Kittle and Sherman are obviously going to help them. But I think this Niners team is going to be good, no matter yeah. what way you look at it. And I think they proved that against the Giants. They won... 36 to 9, which fun fact is a score Gami. It's the first time game has ever ended 36 to 9 in NFL history. So I think that's something wow. cool. A little fun fact there. And uh, yeah, that was my layup for the week. And once Skyler tells you his, I'll go into mine for this next week. 
Yeah, my uh, pick last week was Army plus 14 at Cincinnati, and it was 14 points. They lost by 14. Uh, the only thing that kept them in the game was their defense. Um, Army could not move the ball on Cincinnati, and man, that's about it. It was a pretty boring game. <laughs> All right, going on to this week, uh, team that we've already talked about a lot is the Seattle Seahawks, and they are my pick, uh, minus six and a half versus the Miami Dolphins in Miami, I believe. Uh, I don't think there's a chance that Miami defense can stop MVP Wilson, but if Seattle's defense can't stop Miami, it, it's definitely going to be scary for that over on, or not over under that spread. And also for the Seahawks in general, they have to be able to stop a team like Miami. you go, you got to think that, right? I hope so. <laughs> My pick this week is going to be Indy minus two and a half at Chicago. Indy has the number one defense right now in the NFL um, facing Nick Foles, his first start. And, man, since he got hurt last year in Jacksonville. Um, mm -hmm. You know... Like I said earlier, I don't really know if I'm on board with Nick Foles yet. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the safe pick here, Indy minus two and a half. That's fair. Like I said, man, that defense is crazy. That D line, Justin Houston, he got a safety last week against Sarah Sam Darnold. Obviously, uh, both of our tackles were out. That's not saying much, but yeah, go with the defense. They're number one for a reason. Darius Leonard's a beast. Can't deny that. Um, Perhaps the resurgence yeah, of Xavier Rhodes as well. No. Uh, my pick, my layup of the week. I'm taking it's some tough decisions to pick from, but I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay minus seven and a half at home to the Chargers. I just think <sighs> Brady played a pretty good game last week. I think Herbert's still learning the ways around the NFL. I think Tampa Bay them by more than a touchdown and yeah I really think that the Buccaneers defense is going to get after Herbert and make him get the ball faster than he usually does I think Brady's going to have a really good game and yeah that's my pick of the week yeah we got old versus new with Herbert and Tom Brady the 20 year difference or something like that between those two quarterbacks probably been playing in the league since Herbert was born Alrighty, so our final segment that we have is the closer slash two minute drill where we have our bold prediction and our best series slash game of the upcoming week. So my bold prediction last week uh, was Cincinnati beating Philly. And you were right or wrong about I, that one. Yeah, I wasn't right or wrong. They tied in a boring game. But I'm going to take the W on that. I think the objective was accomplished, I'd say. Because it really was to just see how bad since he was, or not since he was, Philly was. Uh, I think we really saw that this week. Yeah. Last week, my prediction was Dak Prescott gets a max contract. Obviously, we're not going to know until the end of the year. Um, Maybe. <laughs> not a not a great bull prediction for a weekly show, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely improved his case for that, that contract uh, this past week. My bold prediction going into this next week into week four is that the Cleveland Browns are going to beat Dallas and Dak in Dallas on Sunday. 
I think this Cleveland team has a lot to prove. I mean, we've seen this team be a meme for years on years on years. I mean, the Browns are always bad. The Browns are always bad. The Browns are always bad. But this year, I mean, they're 2-1. and one. I think that's the first time that they've been over 500 after week one since, like, 2014 or something crazy like that. So this Cleveland team has a lot to prove going into Dallas. And a big statement game, I think it would be uh, funny to see the Cowboys lose to the Browns and that rushing attack. So, yeah, that's my bold prediction. Mine this week is win or loss, the Jets will fire Adam Gase and Dole Loggins and replace them with, drumroll, running back coach Jim Bob Cooter. All right, I want him calling plays for Sam Darnold, okay? Don't give it to Greg Williams. Greg, well, you know why he's the running back coach? Adam Gase gave quarterback coach to himself. The thing is, Greg Williams has lost the locker room. His defense is horrible this year. He should not be running this team. Jim Bob Cooter, I think, is probably the only person in Sam's ear behind the scenes. I think this would be the guy to do it. My my goal prediction of the week, (laughs) I think Atlanta gets their first win this week. I need to beat the Packers on Monday night if Julio plays. But I think that is is a a really tough one. In Lambeau. It that is was a tough very, one. very tough one. Hey, it's has it's a bold prediction for a reason. For sure. And I think, I think, I, I, I don't think they start 0-4. They could be leading that game, but they could also choke. But I, I think see they it. do. Yeah, it also begs uh, the question, how big does Atlanta need to be winning for them not to build a lead? I mean, I saw a post saying that uh, they need to be up by 35 against the Chiefs if they wanted to win a game at halftime. I would say at least 45. It's, I don't know, it's something to see there. They get to face another good offense. In, uh, well, they didn't really face a good offense last week, but they saw one in week two and week one. But, uh, yeah, definitely something to look for there. Dan Quinn could perhaps be heading out. Who knows? Oh, for sure. So the best game or series that I have is something that we talked about earlier as well, and that's Atlanta versus Cincy. I think Atlanta has a great lineup. I think Cincy has the potential to have a great lineup. I think Cincy has a great starting rotation with some solid back-of-the-bullpen pieces. TJ Antone pitched pretty well. Nate Jones was all right. Rafael Iglesias, Archie Bradley, some notable names in that back-of-the-bullpen. Uh, I think that's going to be a super fun series to to watch. I think no matter what, that series does go to three games. So I think either Max Freed gets game one or Luis Castillo will take game two. We'll see how that goes, though. And I'm really excited for that. My best game this week is going to be number seven, Auburn, at number four, Georgia. You know, this will be a really big game for Bo Nix. If he could win at Georgia, oh. man, maybe he gets some Heisman votes this year. You never know. And Georgia is in a little – it's a complicated quarterback situation. Will it be Jamie Newman? Will it be Stenson Bennett? That's why I think Auburn has a pretty good chance here. Yeah, where's JT Daniels, man? <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that one. All right. So bye series. I'm, I have two series. Ten slash game. I have Patriots versus Chiefs. I think that's going to be a great game to – to wrap up tonight. I think the Patriots are a really good team. They're I think they're gonna make the playoffs easily in the AFC. Chiefs are very 
uh, I mean, he's the best team in the league, but I think it's going to be a fun game. Belichick versus Reed again. That's fair. And my last game to wrap it up, I'm going to have the NBA Finals. Miami versus the Lakers. Best series coming up. Who cares, man? Real quick, everybody, what's your prediction for the Finals? Finals, uh, let's go Lakers in six. I don't want, I don't want LeBron to win. Because I think he's the greatest loser of all time. That's the talk for another time, though. Uh, I do want the Heat to win, but I think the Lakers will pull it off. Oh, I'm going to go Heat, heat and 6. Alex, how about you? If not 7. Ooh. Heat and 6. Wishful thinking, man. I'm going Lakers in 5 games. Um, hey, they have no one that can stop LeBron. Even if he's old, washed, whatever you want to say. He's so powerful still. Butler. That's true. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't want to see it happen, but okay. it will. Well, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he still yeah, got Fubiyama fifty pounds on Butler. Guard. He's had playoff experiences against LeBron. So has Iguodala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iguodala has he beaten LeBron? <laughs> Not Iguodala. But yeah, but he wasn't like, you know, like the centerpiece of that series. Jimmy Butler. Is All the right. Centerpiece. You know. I'm saying Tyler Hero drops 55 points every single <laughs> game. Heat and four. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, yeah, it's it's been a really fun show today, everybody. I know yeah. I'm I'm beat right now. I am beat, uh-huh. to be honest one. with you. Yes, sir. It's been a good one. More to come. Oh, yeah. If you're still here, still listening, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it a lot. By the way, shout out to the long yep. listeners. Yes, sir. Twitter out of Max Sports. Instagram out of Max Sports. Now listen on Spotify. Go get us yeah. some listens on Spotify. Follow us. Everything's appreciated. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you want some quick sports facts or hot takes? Go follow the Twitter. Yes, sir. Make sure you turn the notifications on. Daily picks are on there too. They are. Every Sunday, every Thursday. Uh, go check out the picks if you want to see who we think is going to win each matchup. Alright, thanks Alex and Kyle for joining me today. I'm sure it was a good one. Have a good night, everybody.